podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, how is it going? Uh, A few days away from the last preseason of the game. Recording this, we are literally, we will be in closing into probably the second quarter of the first regular season game for the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm excited, guys. I cannot lie getting closer and closer to it, you know, seeing what it all means. Uh, joining me uh, joining me here, uh, Stephen Tom's going to join. Obviously, guys, friend of the show, been on plenty of times. Uh, we were joking around yesterday. Uh, I was like, oh, well, you know, let, let's try to do a 53. And Stephen's first thing was, well, I kind of stink at it. My reaction, I kind of suck at it too. Um, don't keep <laughs> don't keep score at home, guys. Uh, you may end up with 55 <laughs> or 56. It may work that way. But, uh, you know, we'll get into that and obviously the obvious, and then we're going to see where there's going to be, you know, some question marks that this front office is going to have to do with. Steven, buddy, how's everything going? Uh, everything's good, man. And, you know, anyone who is a regular listener and heard uh, you and Jake and myself uh, do all of our uh, off-season mock drafts and trades and everything last year and free agent pickups, they know we stink at it. So, you know, this won't be a... A shock to anybody. Uh, I, I've, been, I've been working on it. I'm trying to get something good, uh, but we'll see how it goes. I just want to say one thing right up front, and I know you'll agree with me on this. It is August 26th, and I do not already have 75 pages of notes on the top five draft quarterbacks for next year, and that is an absolutely glorious feeling. I, I could not agree with you more on the <laughs> fact that, I mean... I, I mean, so much last year. All right, well, what time is Sam Darnold? Oh, crap, a 10.30 start. I mean, for you, yeah. that's fine. Me here in Jersey, uh, you know, making a Dunkin' run at 8.30 at night just wasn't, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss it in any means whatsoever. Um, heck, you know, I might just watch him for fun. Just for, guys, if you want one, my guy, Jared Stidham from Auburn, really like him. But it ain't going to matter for us, fellas. Uh, we're going to get the basics right out of the way. Look, uh, obviously three special teamers. I don't believe we have any problem with Cole Quick, Gonzalez, and Hewlett. So there's three roster spots. That takes you down to 50, guys. It, it, when you when you do part of it, it does go down pretty quickly. Uh, the quarterback position. I think we're pretty safe to say Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Coach Drew Stanton will be part, which takes us down to about, that would put us at 47, right, Steve? I don't think you got any quibbles with any of those six, right? No, not at all. I mean, they keep saying that there's a competition with Gonzalez and Colquitt, and I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. But, yeah, I mean, Tyrod Baker, Drew, and like we said all off season, if Drew ever sees meaningful snaps, then things have gone horrendously awry. I mean, he's there, like you said, to be a coach. He's the guy that, you know, Baker is learning not only, you know, the on-field, but more importantly, how to conduct yourself like a professional. He's He's... It's like having Josh McCown. People say you should have Josh McCown in here to mentor him. That's exactly what Drew Stanton is doing, and it's, from all accounts is doing it incredibly well. Yeah, and I got news for you guys. I, I don't think Baker is going to need him that long, but, you know, it's always nice right. to have somebody you can lean on going through your rookie year because, look, that's, not being, that's what Tyrod Taylor is not being paid to do. I do joke that, you know, Drew Stanton's basically here, in essence, to uh, cut the crusts off of Baker Mayfield's bread, so to speak. But, uh, look, he's doing a great job. <laughs> There's a reason these guys, Chase Daniels, Drew Stanton's, you know, Dan Orlowski, who's killing exactly. it now. You know, as an analyst, there's a reason these guys spend over a decade in the NFL. And, you know, obviously NFL front offices think it's invaluable what they can bring. We'll go, say, on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to get to the running back position here. Um, it does get a little tricky. I mean, obviously, I think you have four mainstays right off the bat with Carlos Hyde. Uh, he's looked good. Guys, I had, you know, even if I picked on it, I don't think I really ever picked on it. I actually kind of like Carlos Hyde. I think he gives you some dual threat ability. Um, you know, he's looked well. 
Nick Chubb, uh, if you can get him some reps behind the first-team offensive line, he's looked good. He's looked pretty impressive on some of these three- and four-yard gains with this terrible offensive line play that you're seeing from the second and third units. Uh, you know, Duke Johnson, I think uh, Todd Haley just has no thought on showing Duke Johnson and what he wants to do with him. So I don't think that's the reason we haven't seen Duke play much. Obviously, with the contract extension, he's not going anywhere. Danny Vitale, uh, I mean, some people want to make the case for a fourth tight end, and maybe Dan Vitale goes. I think Dan serves his purpose. I'm not sure I see that. <clears throat> Plus the tight end position, there could be an issue there as well. We'll get to a little later. Right. Steve, the question is, Do we? is there a fifth running back that makes this team? Is he on this roster currently? I mean, obviously we can't pick a name of somebody that's going to be cut, or but could it be somebody that comes off a of free agency? Well, sure. That's the thing. Uh, when I sat down to do this, I went through like you did, and I put down you know, the definites, and then I put down the well, you know, almost assuredly, but you can't call them definite guys. And I got to about 44 or 45. So that last, as it always does, but especially with this group, that last six to seven spots always comes down to uh, positional need and then special teams. And that's where a guy, I know where you're going with this, you're looking at Matthew Deus, and he would be the guy, and he has shown special teams value in the past, but they seem to really, really, really want Peppers and Callaway uh, and maybe even Evan Berry back there doing all the kick returning and, and uh, covering punts and that kind of stuff. And that would be where Deus would would have any value this year. Um, because like you said, Carlos Hyde was brought in, and it wasn't a, you know, we weren't jumping up and down, but he was brought in as a guy who can hold down the fort, and he's been, looked very good. Nick Chubb has been great. Duke is Duke. So where does Matthew fit in? I, you know, I, I mean, when you get down to the 52, 53 spots on the roster, that's where he may make it. But he also showed enough, I think, last year that if he doesn't make it, and I'm leaning against him not, he's going to get on a roster somewhere because he's no schlub. Um, but I think you're right on. I think it's Carlos, Nick, Duke, and Danny. And I, I don't really think there's any question unless somebody's hurt that we don't know about there. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be something that's going to be represented on the practice squad because, I mean, even if you're going to keep the four active four game days, you know, it, you know, anyone's dinged up. Um, you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one or maybe two, but, I mean, with the running back position and practice squad, you see a lot of fluctuation, obviously, in right. positions with injuries. So, But that's going to be something that's going to be, you know, a fifth, sixth running back is something that's going to be continually a roster move I think we're going to see, you know, from late August all the way up until late December with this team because they're right. pretty confident in the first four. And then, like you said, it's it's going to be somebody that will, you know, maybe he can catch a little bit if it's a game Duke misses. Or, you know what, he's good on kick coverage, so, you know, he's going to get the sticker around in that regard. Right. Uh, right. Wide receiver. Now, this one, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Josh Gordon uh, back in the building. And everybody, guys, it's not uncommon. And everyone, oh, well, Josh is working out. I can't believe there's. A, it's a lot different once you start getting into a football setting. So right. if his moneymaker, his hamstrings are even a little bit remotely giving him an issue, there's nothing there. He's there. He's, he's seeing everything. You know, he knows where he's got to be on his routes. I mean, it's just a practice of, you know, get. I mean, it's just a question of getting in there getting some of these reps. But look, like we saw last year when he came back, he Josh Gordon's going to jump in quickly. So let's not get too nervous about that, guys. Uh, Josh Gordon, obviously a roster keeper. Jarvis Landry, obviously a roster keeper. Rashard Higgins, obviously a roster keeper. Antonio Callaway, obviously. So that's going to give you four right there in the wide receiver. And that's where it gets murky. Yeah. And now this is where business starts to pick up, Steve. And I'll let you go here. 
Well, I think we're both on the same page that barring, you know, I mean, if they sign a Dez or somebody like that, obviously that's another spot. Um, but if barring that, looking at the guys that are currently around, uh, we both like uh, and have liked for a long time Ratley. And I think what he showed the other night, uh, he's not just people thought he was just some, you know, uh, deep route guy. He, he looked good underneath. He catches with his hands. Um, he made a good block, uh, at least a couple of them that I saw. Um, and so I would have him there. And then the, the, the sixth spot, I mean, y- you can make a case for or against about four different guys. You got, you know, I, I know Janice was a pickup, uh, a Dorsey pickup. So that sort of is a check in his favor, but he's shown nothing, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And so that brings, uh, Damari Scott and CJ Board and uh, you know I mean you name it that that whole group that flashes and then you don't hear about them for three days and you know young developmental guys like that I, I really don't know where they're going to go um, if unless they bring in somebody from the outside which I know is something we're going to talk about a little bit further down the line so I'll save that um, and I will say that as I mean, I can go either way with Dez. It doesn't, I don't hate it and I don't, you know, desperately want him on the team. But with two spots here being up for grabs, I would lean towards, yeah, I think it would be a good thing to bring him in. Um, just because, you know, your sixth wide receiver spot being up for grabs and rotating is one thing. Having two guys that are rotating all, you know, for the first six, eight weeks of the year. And then what if somebody gets hurt? You know, what if Gordon tweaks his hamstring again? What if, what if Callaway's groin becomes an issue? You know, now you're talking about three spots, and that's where it gets tricky. Um, and so I'm at this point, I'm leaning towards bringing in a Dez um, if they can get him on the roster. But yeah, I would say if you force me to guess right now, I would say Ratley would be five, and then I'm going to go ahead and give Damari Scott the sixth spot just because of um, the things that I've seen him. You know, people with the camp videos on their iPhones and stuff like that. He's got a lot of tools that are similar to Ratley, and I think that's the kind of thing that that Dorsey likes to develop uh, on the deep wide receiver, deep in the wide receiver room. Um, for me, guys, everybody knows my love for Damian Ratley, so I definitely keep him here as the fifth. Now, I'm actually going to kind of just play this one here as I'm going to base it on you know trying to go for accuracy. Jeff Janis was brought in here. And Jeff Janis's M.O. was he's a really good special teamer. He's a really good punt gunner. <clears throat> Do I personally think a team that's been 1-31 over the last two years? That's, you know, and as you guys, what, what I did the Eagle preview with Michael Kiss, I kind of talked about, that's something you do when, you know, your team's so good, you have nothing left for 52-53. So it's a what, detail, right? Yeah, yeah, let me find a guy who's a good punt gunner because I don't want to risk, a, you know, so-and-so doing that. So if I'm going to go from the accuracy standpoint, I think Jeff Janis is going to get that spot. But I do believe it could, I don't think it's a sure lock thing, being obviously the position they are for waiver wire. And if there's going to be somebody there that John Dorsey didn't get his hands on in the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Janis is gone for, you know, and I would rather develop a 21, 22-year-old kid than, you know. And the other thing, though, guys, is when we're talking about the six wide receiver spot, I'm not sure this guy's ever going to see a wide receiver rep. Right. Sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, you can go either way with it. You can go, like you said, a young guy, developmental guy that looks, you know, like you, some of you could develop in a few years or uh, as we've seen Dorsey do in some uh, uh, positions and in his past, he'll bring in a veteran, put another veteran in that group to mentor the Callaway and the, and the Ratley and, and those guys. In which case I just read something uh, the other day that Eric Decker is not on 
completely firm ground uh, in the New England wide receiver room, and that would seem to be a guy that would fit that bill. But, you know, I, I don't know that's for sure. I just read that somewhere. I have no idea of the accuracy. But, you know, you bring in a Dez or an Eric Decker or somebody like that, uh, then, you know, that pushes Ratley down to a spot where he can utilize his skill. He's going he's gonna to see, what, 8-10 snaps a game. He's going to run the three routes that he's really good at, and he's not going to be asked to do anything that he hasn't learned yet, which has some value. It just depends on which way you want to go with it. Yeah, so uh, you know, I think we're pretty firm in five guys. And, you know, when you get to the bottom of any uh, positional group, it could be something that's, you know, rotated. You know, I mean, look, if you're going to need an extra offensive lineman, you know, you're right. not going to have the luxury to carry a six wide receiver. Guys, if you haven't heard, uh, Locked On is now launched into the college uh, game. Uh, I believe we got about 10 to 12 up and running right now. Uh, Locked On Baylor, I know he's up and running. So uh, Josh Gordon, Spencer Drango, some Baylor alums. Uh, any Baylor fans that find your way here because of that, go ahead, check out Locked On Baylor. Now, Steve, we'll get over to the tight end group. And this one, actually, this is where it's going to get a little bit of hairy because uh, hairy, someone's not doing themselves any favors. It's weird, yeah. He's not doing himself any favors. And, look, he can say it's health, but, you know, when you have a you know new front office who are football guys, um, I'm pretty sure we can probably have, you know, what their feelings are on guys who cannot go at all during camp. But obviously, David Najoku, um, sky's the limit at this point. There's just no other way to say it. This guy is the absolute limit. Daniel Fells, uh, solid trait as a blocker, was signed for this, so he will be here for that. And now this is where it gets interesting because set the valve, it can't do anything right now. And Mr. Kajus is starting to become a fan favorite, or there could always be a possibility of you looking into another, uh, you know, a, bringing in a, a different guy to be the third tight end. Uh, where do you go here, Steven? Well, you and I both like Seth. I mean, uh, because he, and, but you bring up the valid point, is he is one of those, you know, quote-unquote Sashi picks that we all scratched our head at the time. Um, and we, we're it's been pretty obvious how the current regime feels about those kind of guys and the fact that he's not been out there. Uh, and further, the fact that if I recall correctly, when it first went out, we were told, Oh, it's just a couple day thing. And now it's been like three weeks. That just doesn't bode well. Um, and, and could you, because of hard knocks has become a fan favorite, like you said, but I mean, you're talking about the third and maybe fourth tight end. If you're bringing somebody in, it's, it's like you said about the six wide receiver, as long as there's no major injuries, it's not a huge deal. I would prefer to keep DeValve just because I like him and I see his value um, as that uh, in that role as a space guy who can create some matchup problems uh, with his speed. But I, I it wouldn't I wouldn't jump up and down if they kept Kajust or if they brought somebody else in from another squad. I mean, that's a, a just as likely a possibility. I it's not a big deal to me, but if you're forcing me to say what I wanted, I, I would rather keep Seth the valve because I think he has a chance to develop into something pretty cool behind Njoku as a receiver. Yeah, and it just aids to the you know what you can do mismatch wise, uh, you know, plus right. athletes all around. He brings that. Um, and looking, you know, as far as you know, oh well, maybe another blocking tight end. I mean, if it's goal line, you just use another offensive lineman anyway. So right. I mean, you know, I don't think we need to go that route. I mean, Daniel Fells, we know what he's here for. You have the fullback and Dan Vitell, so you know that's pretty much established. Uh, we'll move on to offensive line here. I mean, right away you fill up. The, I mean, there's five obvious. Well, I mean, for me it's six because you're never going to cut your backup center. Uh, Joel Batonio, Austin Corbett, Treader, Zeitler, obviously Hubbard, uh, Mr. Reader. Uh, so that's six right off the bat. And then the question is, do you go eight? Do you go nine? Some teams, you know, vary each way. And that's where it gets a little bit hairy, buddy. 
Yeah, it's very weird. I agree with you on Ryder. Um, if they don't, the only way he could go is if they see another uh, center guard combo kind of guy that's out there that that's on somebody else's bubble that gets cut, like a uh, like a Max Garcia uh, in Denver, or um, you know, I I liked Brian Allen uh, from Michigan State a lot through the process, and he's uh, apparently on the last four in, last four out group out with the Rams. But yeah, other than that, I don't see Ryder going anywhere, but here, here's the thing we're looking at. We're looking at Sean Coleman, obviously uh, Desmond Harrison, Greg Robinson and, and Spencer Drango. That's the group that you have to decide between. So, and, and yeah, it could be three of four and it, or it could be two of four. Yes, exactly. And, or it could be, you know, I mean, you can make a case. It's none of the four and they bring in four Very guys, true. But do you want to do that? Are the guys that you're bringing in that are being cut from other teams that much better than those four? And now you're bringing in guys that don't know the system, don't know the other guys. You know what I mean? I mean, is it that much of an improvement? Unless, unless it was a, a, guy a trade for, unless situation. Was a guy, unless it was a guy from the Pittsburgh Steelers or something of that nature, yes. Right, sure. And it's – so, I mean, I, I lean towards Harrison um, and Drango being, uh, being there, Sean Coleman – Sean Coleman's an interesting case. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm taking my L. Uh, I believed when Joe Thomas said in February that he thought Sean Coleman would be fine at the left tackle position. I believed him, and I and I said that he would be out there. I'm wrong. I I that's a big L for me. Uh, <laughs> Jake can make fun of me for that one uh, because I'm taking the L. But he ha- it's not like he holds no value, and you could make any a case from for him to make the roster. You could make a case for him to be cut. And you can make a case, I mean, the Seahawks and the Vikings and the um, Panthers, I mean, their offensive lines are in shambles. So, I mean, you're not going to get a tremendous trade back, but you could make a case that he could be a guy that could fetch you a day three pick, you know, uh, somewhere around the league. So he's interesting because he's still young, he still holds value, and you can make an easily make a case, like I said, for all three outcomes. But right now, if you made me guess, I'm going to say Drango, Harrison, and unbelievably, Greg Robinson uh, are the last three uh, that make the roster, which would give me Batonio, Corbett, Treader, Zeitler, Hubbard, Ryder, Drango, Harrison, and Robinson. But I, you can't lock me down. I, you know, I'm not locked into that at all. I could, see a, I could see a ton of different outcomes, as I'm sure you can too with that those last three OL spots. Yeah, the thing here, and yes, I think it comes down to these four. And if we're going to keep it, you know, for going for the nine, I think what's going to what hurts Sean Coleman here. And look, I, I didn't think he was a terrible right tackle. I thought he was an up and coming, up and coming right tackle. He was average, yeah. Yes, but and also what you saw though is obviously John Dorsey and his crew. They didn't think that. They didn't think at all because they went on out and they spent and they got themselves a right tackle. Now here is the issue: Spencer Drango has second and third units. He's, it's been a mess. It's been an absolute right. mess. But he hasn't looked that bad with the first unit. So, now Spencer Drango, obviously a tackle, seeing some right guard, brings you positional flexibility, which you were going to need with your backup offensive lineman. Now, also, you know, Desmond Harrison, and now, you know, guys, look, part of it is weight. And, you know, and everybody, oh, if he gets his weight up. Guys, we've been hearing this since January at the Senior Bowl about Desmond Harrison and his weight. Some guys can do it. Some guys can't. So I don't know if Desmond Harrison can get himself, you know, north of 310 to put himself in a better position. Right. Uh, if it's been, as long as it's been now, I mean, he's he's read it, he knows it, but we've seen nothing to say that he can. 
But I do like the uh, raw ability of Desmond Harrison. And uh, look, I've said for from day one, Desmond Harrison could be a guy in Cleveland for three days, three weeks, three months, three years. Absolute wild card type of personality right. with this young man. But the talent is there. Now Greg Robinson can play some right tackle. He, If you're going to say who is the most experienced backup left tackle we could have on this roster, it would be Greg Robinson. So... And the fact that you know, they don't mind kicking him in, and now what I mentioned earlier, if you need a blocking tight end for a goal line, right. a guy like Greg Robinson is going to serve well. I think Sean Coleman, the fact that the only thing he can bring you is right tackle <coughs> is going to be what hurts him here. Um, I, I do think he I, – I, I've changed on this, and this was even more after last week. I think Sean Coleman's going to end up on the outside looking in. I do believe he could be moved. And, guys, look, the compensation is similar to Corey Coleman. That's what we're right. like, what your would be expected here. I mean, I don't you know if anyone's thinking you know third fourth round pick, guys, just stop. It will be a late late round pick, and I would not be surprised if somebody bit and did trade uh, a late round pick for Sean Coleman. I don't think you know I couldn't get him in at a ten here, and if even if we went eight, he'd be in trouble. So you know, kept nine, and there was no way to keep Sean Coleman here. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, and you know, I mean, it might not be for a pick. You might get. You know, I and I haven't really looked uh, too deep uh, at this, but you you get somebody that uh, you know, like well, here's here's a thought: like Seattle obviously always needs offensive linemen, and they've got some guys at the back end of their in, uh, their IDL group that they may have to cut. Uh, you know, a Puna Ford or a Naz Jones Puna, or, or Puna Ford for a Sean Coleman. Let's do it. Exactly. That's what you're, you're going to get a young guy who's probably not going to make, or you know, maybe not probably, but might not make their 53, and they're low down on the on the uh, the waiver wire list, so they might not get a shot if you just cut Sean Coleman. They may give you that guy. Um, and so you might get something like that. But I, I do think that you're absolutely right. At this point, he's on the outside looking in. And I think part of the, another reason for that that I didn't say before is that with Desmond Harrison, everything you said is true. He's young, he's raw, he's an unknown, but he's got a lot of talent, and everybody seems to agree on that. If you put him if on the waiver wire, you run a very serious risk of him not making the practice squad, at least initially, because there's so much. The People out there are rightfully fretting at the depth on the offensive line here in Cleveland, but it's not like this is the only place where that happens. The, the offensive line depth just about everywhere is atrocious. So you put a young, promising guy like Harrison on the wire on September 1st, I have a hard time seeing getting him back. I mean, I don't think he'd make the practice squad, to be perfectly honest. So that's another point in keeping him on the 53. Yeah, because, um, look, usually, you know, I mean, you can find a guy and say, ah, well, you know, all right, well, we know what he is. He can give us a little bit of something. It's rare that you're going to say, well, this guy has talent. And right. that's, the, that's the issue with Desmond Harrison, and that's probably, you know, what will, will be, you know, the saving grace for him to make this roster. And I do believe 100% there's no way he, he, you're going to sneak him through to a practice squad. That's not going to happen. Uh, guys, uh, Matt Williamson does a fantastic job with Locked On NFL. Uh, his Monday shows are going to be, you know, uh, you know us Locked On hosts. I actually recorded a segment with him today, so check out Matt Williams, who's locked on NFL. It'll be out tomorrow. He'll be uh, talk some Browns with Matt, obviously a uh, former part of you know the Cleveland administration. Uh, you know he's going to have Sage Rosenfels for quarterback play and offense analysis, Mike Renner from PFF, Mike Sando from ESPN throughout his weekly lineup. So locked on NFL, Matt does a fantastic job with it. I was glad to be a part of it. So go ahead, check that out. And Browns, if you can make some things happen here, 
maybe I can get myself called up to the big stage a few more times this fall. <laughs> uh, now, defense, I, I want to take it backwards to forwards here, Stephen. Um, All right. And it, it, and it's and it's interesting because right off the bat, look, I mean, I'm just going to go with this guy to start with, uh, bringing body Calhoun. And the interesting thing here is how you can manipulate how you want to keep you know corners, safeties, because exactly. you have the absolute switchblade who can do either. And he's shown he can do at both. Uh, so obviously started at interception at free safety, uh, you know, uh, against the Eagles. So, you know, obviously we know he's in. Uh, I'm pretty sure that kid, Denzel Ward, the young guy at Ohio State, and Greg Williams, stupid tackling. Stop, man. I mean, he, guy just got caught in the wrong spot in a car wreck, man. That, you know, don't say the kid tackles stupid. It just makes it sound like you're down on the player, and obviously, you know, this is the way the fans are going to react to it. So Denzel Ward, obviously Breen Body Calhoun, Terrence Mitchell, Demarius Randall, Jabril Peppers, you know, obviously gains and carry. Maybe one of them get moved, but you got to think right now. If you're playing today, they stick around. Uh, I think Derek Kindred's going to end up sticking around, so that puts you at eight there. That's where it gets interesting after that because you know a lot of teams will keep four safeties, five corners. Browns could keep six corners and three safeties because of Breen, Body, Calhoun, whatever you want to label him as. He's going to be one of those guys. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and um, I, I think Kindred. I- I keep seeing Kindred's name brought up as possible. I do. Here, here's my thing with moving Kindred or, you know, I mean, Gaines has been hurt and hasn't played well and, and all you're going to move him and Kerry hasn't, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you do. But then who, who's taken their spot? I mean, you, you're t- again, like the wide receiver group, instead of having just the last spot as a wild card, now you're talking about two spots, maybe three spots being a wild card. Is that really what you want? I, I can't see any way Kindred doesn't make the team. And the last couple spots, Thomas, I, I he was a, a, a Dorsey pick. I, I, I think he. I think, I, we think, might be, I think he might be able to be snet, snuck through to the practice squad though at this point because it seems almost like now they're limiting, yeah. they're limiting reps for the point of hopefully not putting much tape out for him. Well, there's him, and you could say that for just pretty much all of these guys. You know, McKinnon has become a, a sort of a an under-the-radar fan favorite to take that last spot, and he's made some plays. He's looked good. Um, granted, it's been, like we always say this time of year, it's in the second half of a preseason game, so you never know about the level of competition, but he's looked good. Um, um, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Denzel Rice uh, has made some plays here and there, and it's so hard. You can make a case for or against all of these kids. And Mike Jordan as well. Mike Jordan as well. Um, so, again, you look at, at Thomas being a current regime pickup and Mike Jordan being a previous regime pickup. It's ludicrous that that is a thing, but it is a thing. So, with all of that taken into account, I mean, I may be out on a limb, but I'm going to say Thomas and McKinnon get those last three, those last two spots. Yeah, and I think maybe you can sneak somehow, some way, sneak one of them through to the practice squad. Sure. Um, Mike Jordan, I've actually, Mike Jordan, he's played well this preseason. Uh, he I like it. well kid. on the ball. Um, so, you know, and the other thing, though, is, I mean, I don't know if you can get so much into a regime pick with Mike Jordan, because it wasn't so much that. It was, you know, the guy brought in, and, and now, look, he's looked good under the coaching staff here while these guys are here. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, you're probably going to figure nine guys, um, if it's, if it's only three safeties, it's because they have a lot of faith in, obviously, Breen Body Calhoun. Kindred, I mean, for me, I'm just not going to move on for the guy unless I can get something, just because now him and Jabril Peppers are similar players. Uh, I'm not going to move one just for the sake of being similar unless I can really get something back. 
So, you know, by all means, they both got to stay. I mean, the guys do well. I mean, they're both box safeties. They cover well. They definitely have no bones about laying some wood. So, you know, we're going to go about nine guys. We're pretty sure on eight that the question is going to be nine or ten and who those guys are. Right. And when you get down to the bottom of all these position groups that were, you know, you got five guys for two spots type of situations, you also got to remember the 53 on September 1st is not going to be the 53 on September 5th, nope. which is which is not going to be the 53 on September 9th when they kick off against Pittsburgh. It, there's going to be rounds of, you know, I mean, the first group of guys that they pick up and then cut the original guy, those guys, half of those guys are going to get cut because other teams will do the same thing. There's guys around the league, like I keep reading, I would love to talk to Schofield about this because I haven't, uh, I've read it a few places, but I haven't heard from him. The Patriots are talking about uh, Malcolm Brown being a trade piece after the initial cutdowns and people settle their 53s. And man, if we could get our hands on that guy, that would that would solve a lot of issues uh, in the middle of the IDL. Um but it's so, yeah, I mean, you can make a case. And like I said, you're talking about Kindred. Yeah, okay, let's say you do cut him. Who takes his spot? Who behind him is pushing him so hard that we got to get rid of Kindred? I don't, it, it's, it's as much about what are you going to do if you do move the guy as it is, does he have a spot? I mean, yeah, he may not be, he may, like you said, he may be duplicitous in a, in a way with Peppers. I think Peppers offers more athleticism and yes. can do more closer to the line of scrimmage, but he, you're right. He may be duplicitous in a way, but who's who's pushing him out? Nobody that I can see, anyway. Yeah, I think the safeties is pretty... I mean, and even, you know, I like Deron Smith. I just, I don't see a spot for him here. Yeah. We're shift on over to linebackers, and I gotta be honest, it, it, watching the last couple of weeks, I'd like to keep seven. You're never really gonna keep seven <laughs> linebackers, but I'd like to keep seven, and, you know, with the seventh guy... You know, uh, Bellow, I, I just like the way he plays. I think he's got great activity. Um, but, you know, so if I were to go seven, you know, he would be my seventh. Uh, obviously, you know, Joe Schobert, Jamie Collins. Look, Jamie Collins, a lot of us were picking on you last two weeks. You kind of shut everybody up. So, Mr. Jamie Collins, we apologize. I do apologize. Um, so, you know, him as well. Obviously, Christian Kirk, see Captain Kirk ain't going anywhere. Jannard Avery, uh, I mean, you can mention him with the linebackers, but this is going to be similar to Breen Body Calhoun. Here's a guy that's you're basically going to have you know an effect on two positional groups. Jannard Avery, uh, please get healthy, whether it's the hip, the hammy, the groin, whatever it is. Please, please, hopefully we see you soon. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a James Burgess guy, and look, Michael Kendricks, uh, you don't sign a guy off a Super Bowl contender, and as well as Michael been playing, he's obviously going to be here, so that's my six right there. Yeah, uh, Bello uh, goes back to what we were talking about, uh, you know, a while ago. He offers not only is he he's active, and I like the kid, but he's played. He contributed on the special teams quite a bit last year, and so that's where these last roster spots come down to. And also, like you said, with Jannard Avery, um, if we can pat ourselves on the back for being in early on him, um, I I don't know why. This year, anyway, I mean, obviously, long term, you hope he, you know, he offers uh, linebacker. Why not just make him a, a full time edge this I mean, year? And look, I mean, and it's funny because if you remember the name I kept saying all off season is we need an Elmis Doomerville type. Yes, and maybe anyone what this and now who's to say? Obviously, Greg Williams. Obviously, there's a good chance there's a different defensive coordinator here in 2019. That game, that guy may have a three four. 
you know, philosophy, which would probably fit Gennard Avery just fine as well. So, you know, it, I mean, it, it could be safe to say that Gennard Avery is not going to do traditional linebacker stuff this year. He's just going to come in on second and third, and they're they're going to have their speed and athleticism as the bookends. Right, and and the, the this being one of the deepest, if not the deepest, uh, position groups on the team, like you said, you could keep seven. You don't need him to do the other linebacker stuff. You've got, you know, Joe and Kirk and Kendricks and Collins and Burgess, and you can even throw Curry in there. I mean, you know, you've got guys that can do it. So let him do with a rookie. You let you put him in a position to do what they already do well. And from what he has shown, again, it's August, so who knows, but what he has shown is that may be his future. I mean, yeah, he could probably be a really good, you know, linebacker and do all of that traditional stuff. But man, him across from Garrett has been just pure destruction uh, these these first couple of weeks. Why not use that all the time? You know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to, oh, well, he needs to work on these other skills, so let's put him in a position that he doesn't know what he's doing yet. No, he can destroy people, and coming across from Miles, they, they pinched. Why not let him do that? I, I then again, you know, I don't need a lozenge, and uh, I'm not uh, the the guy making the calls. So I don't know. I, I I'm with you though. There's this is one group, and I think more than anything else, the depth of this group is why Collins's name has come up in the trade. You know, I mean, yeah, partly some people didn't like the way he was playing and everything, and he's coming back from an injury. But you've got the depth to make a move, and if some if you find a match somebody that really needs a linebacker and has some uh, IDL depth or has an extra tackle or, you know, whatever, then that would make the sense. Plus, he's got that huge salary. So that it, it's a good position to be in from a linebacker group perspective. Yes, and if, you, if we're going to, you know, say Avery may only play that role, for me, that may open up a spot for B.J. Bellow to stick around, which I am more than okay with. Sure. Um, yep. Now, defensive line... Um, this guy, Garrett, out of Texas a and I'm going to call him as safe. Uh, look, actually, when I, I did the show with Matt Williams today, I'll give you guys a little tease. And Matt Williams has said, he says, I will, he says, I will be zero surprised if we are talking about Miles Garrett in arguments as one of the best defensive players in the NFL come December. Um, this is what Miles is showing now. Um, the athleticism off the charts. Now with, you know, better technique, you know, getting an offensive line off, off of him quicker and creating the separation. And there is not an offensive lineman in the world that is going to even come close to matching his athleticism. So if there's space, it's over from that regard. So Miles, obviously a uh, safe bet. I do believe he's going to stick around here for a long, long time, Cleveland fans. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, well, somebody, just tell, somebody just tell Greg Williams how good he is because I think Oof. every fan knows how good he is. Everybody who announces the games talks about how good Larry Ogunjobi is. Greg Williams, just, uh, you know, first first team, 30 to, 30 to 45 reps a game. Stop overthinking it. Just let the kid go wild. Uh, Jamie Meter is going to be interesting with the ankle, but, you know, obviously a keeper. Emmanuel Ogba, so, you know, we pretty sure on the starting four, that second defensive take, tackle could change for Mr. Meter because some of these younger guys are starting to show a little something here. Yeah, it's interesting. This is another group where, you know, you've got young guys that you don't really know who they are yet. And then you've got, you know, um, Meter and and Coley who are effort guys, you know, lunch pail guys. They're going to do their job. They know where they're supposed to be and you know they're going to be there, but they're not going to be, you know, somebody that offenses have to scheme around. You know, they're, they're really good, solid guys. 
but do you like that or do you like the promise of a Brantley who has shown, I mean, is it, you know, he's shown what everybody thought he might get if the effort was consistently there. But again, he's shown it in the second half of preseason games. Does that matter? I think it does. Um, so I would say, you know, Coley and then, then of course you've got Chad Thomas, um, I, I think he was kind of a wild card going into the year. Uh, that was probably the biggest head scratcher pick uh, for those of us on the outside looking in. And then Especially you throw in a guy like Harrison Phillips on the board, but I'll, I'll digress. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Um, but then you throw in the surgery, and we had this conversation the other day. How can you expect him to be whatever it is that he is when he's just coming off of that? I mean, it takes time. It takes time. It takes reps. It takes rep. It takes time and reps to get into game shape, regular season game shape. If you're not coming off hernia surgery, so you add that. You add the fact that he played uh, mostly edge uh, at Miami, and now it looks like they they want him to play mostly inside. They'll rotate him back and forth, but they want him to play mostly inside. How, does he get a grace period? You know, I mean, and where does he fall in the rotation during that grace period? I don't. I don't think his spot is I, I think his spot is safe is what I'm trying to say because I just I can't see a third round pick in the first year of them trying to sneak him onto the practice squad unless they come up with one of those injury designation things and a pub, give him a pub yeah, list, yeah. Yeah, give him a red shirt year, that kind of stuff. But I don't think you can try to so I think his spot is safe. So Caleb Brantley, Carl Nassib, um, I, I think you know, as nice a guy and as amazing as his family is, I think Nate Orchard's days are numbered. Um, unless there's an injury in front of him, I just don't see a route, uh, to the 53 for him. Um, so yeah, I would say Nassib and, uh, probably Thomas and Brantley are the, are the safe guys at the back end of that group. Yeah. And, and Chris Smith, um, Chris Smith seems a little intriguing right now. Like, I think he's kind of like, he's kind of in an odd place, but look, they signed him for a reason. Uh, he's not going to go anywhere. I'm pretty sure they're not paying him a ton of money. Um, but where his role is within, you know, this defensive line, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. He's going to get some reps in nickel and dime and, you know, maybe have to earn more reps that way. But he'll be here. Obviously, you know, Gennard Avery already kind of looks like he's, you know, going to blow past him. And there's really going to be nothing he can do about it. And I do agree with Nate Orchard. Uh, look, fantastic story. Everything's cool with it. But uh, it, it's impossible. I mean, and I sat down and I got to about 60 and then I, it was just impossible to move on from seven, you know, move down seven more guys. So it's going to be interesting how this all, you know, plays out for this. You know, I do think Chad Thomas is going to be safe. Um, look, he's going to have to show something and show something quickly. Uh, you know, you see teams, and look, Oakland Raiders moved on from a second round pick, you know, and they haven't even gotten to year two with Obi Malfonwu. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, John Dorsey, look, I mean, he'll admit an L if he's got to, and if there's somebody playing better, I don't think he's going to, you know, take as much time with Chad, Chad Thomas just because he put a third round pick on him. But, you know, he'll be here, uh, you know, got to get away, got to get his weight up a little bit, you know, obviously got to get the reps and the conditioning and it's going to be very important or it could end up being a completely lost rookie year for him. Right. And this is the back end of the IDL. I've been looking at this and you and I have had conversations uh, about this for the past couple of weeks. I've been looking around the league for guys who are on the roster bubble um, that are interesting or promising or whatever. And there's a bunch out there. So the back end of this d defensive line group could change drastically from September 1st to September 4th. I mean, 
we both liked uh, James Looney, who's in Green Bay. He supportedly may or supposedly may or may not make it. Um, you've got Elijah Qualls from last last year pick at the Eagles, who's at the bottom of that group. Bruce Hector was a UDFA. One of those two probably won't make the Eagles 53. We already mentioned Puna Ford and uh, Naz Jones out in Seattle. One of those two might not make it. Um, you got Zach Kerr and Clinton McDonald. Uh, in Denver, um, Dominique Easley is an interesting. They're currently having him get some reps at uh, linebacker out um, out in Los Angeles, uh, but he's been an, a, a down lineman, uh, an inside guy, uh, his whole career coming back off the injury. Uh, Malcolm Brown, we mentioned. Uh, here's an interesting name. You and I really like this guy through the process, and somehow he went UDFA, and he is in the last group in, last group out in Denver, from what I've heard, Jeff Holland. Yep. Um, as an edge out in Denver has apparently been really, really impressive, but it's a numbers game out there because they're very deep. And I think he is part of the reason why we heard the Shane Ray rumors uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, because they think he can he can uh, take Shane Ray's spot. Now, if they decide not to do that, decide to keep Shane Ray and Jeff, try to sneak him onto the practice squad, maybe Jeff Holland comes in and now you got another pass rusher. So the back end of this particular group is going to be very, very interesting. And uh, like, like we keep saying, for guys like Nassib and Brantley uh, and Coley and maybe even Meter, although I really would like Jamie, I would like the Pierogi Prince to stick around. <laughs> if if you make the 53 on September 1st, I still wouldn't sign any long-term leases just yet because especially that first week and into the first couple of weeks after injuries, there could be a bunch of new names that are very interesting on the back end of that group. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't throw a huge party Saturday night and get yourself hung o- so hung over that you don't know what's going on till Monday morning right. because the party may have been in vain, kids. Uh, Steve, an absolute blast as always, you know, uh, catching up with you. Um, it's going to be interesting, guys. And this is, look, this is a good thing. Uh, you know, and like we said, oh, there may be a guy or two they can get from waivers, whereas years past, it's you need to get guys right. from waivers. So it's, it, it, it be, yeah. You know, I don't. You know, I know you guys, and you don't. You know, oh, we've been through this so many times before, and I, I one hundred percent get it. But I mean, there's a lot to be excited about right now, right, Steve? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's the first time in this part of August, like you said, that we haven't already been looking at quarterbacks. The season hasn't basically already been lost. We haven't been trying to fill a starter spot through waivers. There you, you go. You know, I, I mean, we're looking at waivers, guys, now to. For the back end of these position groups, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, you know, I mean, can I get a sixth better wide receiver? Can I get my? Can I upgrade exactly at my eighth or ninth defensive line position? Right. Yeah. It's it, it's a good position to be in. Um, now let's just hope that uh, this this last game doesn't provide us any more injury surprises. Anybody worth a salt to not put on the field please 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 mr roback go out and have the week four you go win week four player of the week all right big guy <laughs> i would like to see if if his hamstrings okay i would like to see josh out there for a couple of series just to get some reps because i don't think going into week one not having stepped on a field all year is is a smart thing just to you know it's like going to the y and doing jogging some wind sprints up and down the court exactly. i wanted to get a couple Hit Don't the play him the whole the, game. Yeah. Don't you know? But get him out there. Get him you know a few game speed reps. Hit the uh, range if, before you hit the tee. Yeah, especially if Baker's going to play for a little bit. Let him and Baker get used to each other in a game situation for 
you know, two series, maybe three. But might, other well, than honestly, that, though, you, hit it, you hit him twice for 45 yards and a touchdown, it's not going to matter anyway because you're going to call it a day and pack it up. So that's what exactly. you're saying. Just something else, somewhere to get, get the juices flowing again. Uh, yeah. Steve, it was a blast having you on, my friend. And uh, I always appreciate the support you give in the show. It's always good to be on with you, my friend, uh, anytime you want to. And I'm sure uh, once the offseason starts, you and – and me and Jake will have our fun again with the mock draft episodes. And uh, until then, let, let's hope that the mock draft episodes go until after the season this year, that we don't start those in October like we did last year. Well, we, we'll stay away from the mock drafts, but I ask the listeners, they want to keep the draft coverage. So, guys, uh, you know, I, I've been out to the big guns. We're going to keep Draft Wednesdays a thing. Um, we'll be talking left tackles. We'll be talking in, <laughs> uh, interior defensive linemen. We could, you know, dabble into maybe, you know, another future number one wide receiver talk. But uh, the quarterback talk, absolutely minimal. Maybe none will be done during the season because we're not going to need to do it. Guys, follow the show, Locked On Browns. Uh, I'm on on Twitter. Follow the show, Locked On Browns. You guys are fantastic. I do keep it a follow-back account. You guys are so great with what you want to hear, and it it just makes it easier for me to do a show and consistently put out a product that you guys want to hear. Guys, within iTunes or whatever app you use, Please make sure you subscribe. Drop the five star. You guys have been leaving a ton of great written reviews lately. I cannot appreciate that enough. Actually, my daughter snuck on her own account and left me one, which was pretty cool because normally I'm the biggest <laughs> jerk in town. So I'm assuming she was going to hit me up for money, but didn't even ask for money afterwards. So Avery, honey, love you. I appreciate you for that. Um, and that's about it, guys. Uh, we're going to go. We're going to get right into game week tomorrow. I got a bunch of stuff going on through the week. Um, I've already got guests lined up for you know week one before Pittsburgh. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Until tomorrow night, guys. Let's go Browns.